began to preach. And I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost began to fall. Hallelujah. And there were people who came running to give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Naked Pentecostalism. I'm your host, Isaac Coverstone. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the last episode of 2020. It feels really good to finally be done with this year. And I wanted to start a new series where we're going to dive into a curriculum produced by a Pentecostal group. And it was it was uh, offered in a class, uh, sort of a night class at my old church. So this is called the Excel series, E-X-C-E-L-L. It's offered through Texas Bible College. This is... And I only did a couple of semesters of this at my old church. I kind of got bored with it. It was just kind of, to me, it was, I don't know, it didn't appeal to me. But I did a couple of, of classes, and it was, it's interesting to dive into it and show other people kind of the mentality going on behind the scenes in that in that uh, fundamentalist Pentecostal mindset. So we're actually going to read and dive into the curriculum and give you an idea of what what's being taught as as sort of a obviously it's not a real bible college it's more like hey we're going to offer this class but it's put out as a professional um, curriculum and all that so this book that I'm holding is called Wisdom Literature so this is a, a typical semester would be two different uh, books. So you do like one would be doctrine, one, two, or three. And then the second book would be Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, uh, wisdom. You'd, you'd always have two different curriculums you'd be running. So we have an hour class and, and half of it would be on one book and half it on the other. So Wisdom was just kind of this collection of different teachings, and it just kind of shotguns all over the place. So I'm going to focus on a couple of sections and just kind of draw out some ideas and and give you an idea of what's going on here. And we'll try to keep these episodes concise so that we can um, do a couple of them and explore different sections. So this section here is a little bit of a later edition from, uh, I'm just kind of jumping into the middle uh, because that's just how I roll. This is called Hold On to Truth, and this is taken from um, Proverbs 23.23, By the truth and sell it not, also wisdom and instruction and understanding. And it says here, many learned Bible truths as a child from their parents and in Sunday school classes, but have forsaken them as they have grown older. And so this section is really trying to address the issue of apostasy and people leaving as they get older, which is a major problem for the fundamentalists as children figure out that they're part of a cult. So it says down here, Humanism, taught freely in our public schools, laid the groundwork, let's see, laid the groundwork for it, taking the taste for scriptural and moral values out of our mouths, leaving many without an appetite for spiritual things. It's interesting that they use humanism as just this uh, 
uh, it's a boogeyman of sorts for them to say, you know, this is such a terrible thing. And I, I heard this all the time growing up, you know, it's, to me, now, humanism is just, it's just saying, hey, look, um, we want what's best for people. I mean, it's, it's nothing ridiculously, uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously secular, but it's not this horrible thing they make it out to be. And here's an interesting section. The devil is a rebel, and he tries to make rebels out of every one of us. A spirit of rebellion swept this country in the 60s, characterized by the Beatles, Jane Fonda, Timothy Leary, and a host of subculture types. So this is official curriculum, and they're just bashing random things that that somehow embody their opinion of what rebellion is. But it's so... Like, there's no sources for this. There's no... Like, this is barely a textbook. This is just almost preaching in print. It's a set of ideas, and there's nothing to back it up. Um, it's kind of ludicrous in hindsight to, to read this and go, wow, you know, we sat in a, in a college class, quote-unquote, and, and tried to learn this. And it's just kind of, you don't think about it when you're in that in that in that uh, state of mind to just not question it, but still, this is horribly bad. And honestly, I'm just kind of reading through this. I mean, I haven't really opened this book in, in a while. And then there's a sub subsection A here addressing, why do many Christian youth not continue in the faith? As has already been stated, we are losing the majority of them to the world. And here's just the the lack of introspection that I was addressing in the last episode that they just seem to think, Oh, there's a problem with our methods or there's a problem with this. They're just not grasping the concept. And obviously this is Bible college curriculum. They're not going to admit to being wrong, but it goes on to say too many are getting shook loose from the moorings of truth. There are probably a number of reasons, but among them are, number one, no father's commandment. One of the biggest reasons for the current crop of problems in our homes are the vacillating, spineless fathers who take no leadership role and have been largely socially castrated by the modern feminist movement. <laughs> so, their position on why kids are leaving the church is because... You know, it, it's dad's fault. <laughs> Dad isn't supplying the leadership uh, according to Bible principles. And and it's like, wow. I mean, this is just straight-up scapegoating. There's, there's not even an effort here to be, <laughs> I don't know, to be scientific whatsoever. Uh, so it goes on here. Fathers need to lead the home in worship, uh, where the where the word of God is read, commented on, prayers made. Surveys among our youth have consistently shown that they feel this was the greatest weakness of their home life. That's interesting. I'm curious what surveys they actually took and who responded to them. 
I mean, I, I can only imagine they surveyed people who were still in the church. Um, just a personal note here. Um, I mean, my parents really pushed reading the Bible. I mean, they, they made a big show out of, oh, you know, what day is it? That means I need to be in this chapter of my bread program. And it was like, it was like this big show. It, it really, there was no like discussion or anything. I mean, it, they weren't theologians. I, I don't see that as being even remotely, uh, an issue as far as that didn't have any impact on me is my point. It's like, read the Bible, or if they would have prayed more and read the Bible more, it would have driven me out of the house because it was just annoying to be around. You know, it was like, anyway, let's, let's move on. The second major issue that they bring up here in the curriculum is no role models. Again, they're harping on absentee fathers, working mothers, no role models, for these poor youth. They go on to say there are far too many single-parent homes. Uh, there are so many that a new singles ministry aimed partly at this segment of our churches has developed over the last few years. And this is something that they harp on a little bit later here in this in the section, but they really have a problem with single-parent homes, which is Ironic because a lot of the outreach ministries in the church I went to, you know, it was all about the single parent homes because those are the only ones that would put their kids on the Sunday school bus and let us actually try to, you know, reach out to them. So, you know, there's some things you don't have control over. You, you can't, you can't always have a perfect nuclear family. That's, that's just unrealistic. I mean, I, to me, it just seems silly to put this in here when a lot of people turn out perfectly normal with single parents. I mean, you know, is it ideal? No, but it's just kind of reality. And they really have a problem with women in the workforce, which is just such a, like an outdated concept. Like you can't realistically expect every woman to work at home like that is just so absurd and we'll get into more of that later in this book um and moving on here to section b the law of thy mother how about it moms does your lifestyle create a demand for two incomes i mean that right there is just this backhanded blame being laid on moms for their lifestyle demanding two incomes. Okay, so they're basically just saying mom is the one that is is spending the money. And this is really subtle. <laughs> well, maybe not too subtle. It, it's 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 just a dig at women and there's just that that subtle misogyny there. Uh, does your hunger for things supersede your interest in your children? And right there we're just like the only purpose for a woman is to care for the kids. Like this is a concept that really repeats several times in, the, in this uh, in this curriculum. Is that's the the mom has to raise kids. The wife or woman in the relationship has to raise kids. Like that's just kind of set in stone. 
Um, honestly, it's almost painful to even read all this. It's so backwards. And so there's another section here. Scriptural roles and responsibilities are being blurred in the rush to be in step with the world, to have affluence, or to wield power. Too many husbands and wives are sacrificing their children on the altars of materialism. We need to return to the Father's commandment and the law of thy mother to help our children and youth hold on to truth through their teen years and into adulthood. And so again, there's just this concept that somehow the reason the kids are are leaving Pentecostalism and, and religion in general comes down to this problem with the parents. You know, it's like there it couldn't be an issue of the kids making a decision based on what they've discovered about the religion or what what the kid has learned, but it all comes down to pinning the blame on mom and dad not being spiritual enough. So it's just this really unhealthy mental um, environment to either, you know, you're either blaming mom for, for having a second job because, let's face it, the economy kind of sucks and it's almost impossible to, to have a single income home these days. And yet there's they're saying, hey, look, you got to, you got to keep mom at home. She's got to be taking care of the kids. You know? She's got to be barefoot and pregnant, so to speak. It really reeks of uh, where this comes from. You know, the Texas Bible College, it's like this is the country way of looking at things is this outmoded uh, idea that you got to have a nuclear family. You got to have a single single income and dad's got to be this role model and he's got to be reading his Bible and praying. And yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of that kind of, um, thought process in this curriculum. So that was, that was the section hold on to truth in wisdom literature of Excel Bible college. So next episode, we will jump into another section, you know, just go through some of their thoughts and, I'll give you my thoughts on why it's flawed, but I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with this, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And again, we're going to try and keep these episodes short and sweet. All right, have a good one, guys. We'll see you in 2021. Oh, you can say it better than that. Say it again. All right, listen to the question now. Can God deliver a dope addict? Can God deliver an alcoholic? Can God deliver a homosexual? Can God heal a 